0: Welcome to the Covenant Women Podcast with Dr. Adonica Howard-Brown, your on-demand source for Holy Ghost-filled preaching and teaching. You bring blessing everywhere you go. You bring freedom. You bring liberty. Out of your inmost being will flow rivers of living water. Be refreshed, encouraged, and strengthened as you hear the Word today. Isaiah speaks about that well of water, that well of salvation, and He says, you draw forth with joy. You draw forth with joy. You draw forth with joy the wells of salvation. Salvation for your spirit, your soul, and your body, hallelujah. But God has taken that well and He put it on the inside of you. When he put the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, he put the well on the inside of you. So now it's not just a well that comes up bucket full by bucket full, but it's a spring, <laughs> a spring of living water that overflows. Overflows. It's always flowing if we let it. It's always flowing. And a bucket can take care of you. But a spring blesses many. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know Pastor Rodney's testimony of when he got hit by the fire of God, when he got hungry for God and cried out. And we we told you about All those girls that got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and started a revival back in their own school, and Marian's right here um, (laughs) on the floor. (laughs) But she was one of those young ladies who got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, on fire for Jesus, and helped to start a revival in her high school that ran for the next three years that she was in that high school. And God has used her in a mighty way to, t- to minister to many people and, and touch lives. Just done such awesome things through her life and through her ministry because she got hit by the fire of God because Rodney got hungry and he got desperate and he cried out for God to touch him. When, when you open your life for God to touch you, it impacts everybody around you, it can't help but overflow and touch them. And it's not anything that's an effort on your part, but it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God on you that, that bubbles over and, and, and touches lives, and that's what the Lord wants. You know, the, there's an oasis, you, you, you become the oasis. Instead of looking for an oasis in your dry and thirsty land, you become the oasis. You carry the oasis with you wherever you go. Wherever you go, you bring life. Even when you go into dry places, even if God sends you into the dry places, when you carry that, that river of living water on the inside of you, you bring an oasis wherever you go. Where, whoever you meet. If you go preach in a church, if you just meet someone on the street, you're carrying that oasis. You bring that refreshing. You bring that life everywhere that you go, so you become the oasis. Hallelujah. That was God's Word to us and that's God's Word to you as well. When He called us first from South Africa to America and He opened the door and He said, I'm going to raise you up like that, like you're going to flourish like the palm tree, you're going to grow like the cedar, and you're going to, you're going to carry that oasis to, to around the world, hallelujah, amen. Everywhere you go, you carry that oasis, you become the oasis. God promised that He would bless us in the middle of the desert, amen. (laughs) Psalm 35, in verse one to two, it says, the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon, they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. So even if your life looks like a desert when you first come to Jesus, He will cause you and everything in your life to blossom abundantly. That word flourish, well, the first two, two times that "flourishes" mentioned in that passage means to blossom. Then the last, the fat and flourishing means to be green, to be fresh and to be green and to be prosperous and, and opulent and, and everything in your life abundant and if you only came tonight your first night you have to go back and listen to the last couple of meetings so that you can be caught up to speed and enjoy and, and enjoy being called fat and flourishing because <laughs> <laughs> fat not meaning corpulence and chubbiness, but meaning blessing prosperity and opulence hallelujah exceedingly abundantly over the top in every area. God's plan for us is to flourish in every area of our life, our spirit, soul, and our body, personally, marriage, family, business. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And if you put God first place, He's gonna cause everything in your life to prosper. Uh, Psalm or oh sorry, 2 Chronicles 26, 5 says, As long as Isaiah sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as you seek the Lord and you follow him and you obey him, you will prosper in every area of your life. Proverbs 14 verse one says, a wise woman builds her house, but a foolish one tears it down with her own hands. A lot of times it's not with the hands, but it's with the mouth. So we can be a wise woman and build, or we can be a foolish woman who tears it down. There are things that we can build, but there are things that are in God's hands that we need His help for. We can plow, we can sow, we can water, and we can even reap, but we are dependent on Him for the increase. Paul even said that. He said, you know, I Paul waters, you know, Paul plants, Apollos waters, but it's God that gives the increase. God that gives the increase. You can't, you can't buy fruit in a factory. You can't make fruit in a factory. They can make fruit in a factory, but it's that plastic stuff. You better not eat that. That's not too good. So fruit doesn't it's, you can't make it, it grows. In your life, the fruit of the Spirit, you can't make it. You can't produce it yourself. You can't produce it out of your head, out of your soul, out of your mental faculties. No matter how hard you try, you cannot produce fruit. Fruit, it's fruit of your human spirit. And it's as you allow the Word of God to have its will and its way in your life, and you receive the Word, and you receive the correction, and you receive the encouragement, and you receive the exhortation of God's Word, and you make the changes in your life, and you allow the Lord to bring the discipline and to bring the pruning and clean you up and clean you out and clean out everything that's dead and bring to life everything else, God will will grow it. It will grow in you as you press into Him, as you allow the Holy Spirit to do His work. There's no... Shortcut of man. There's no work of the flesh that can do it. We can we can pretend to be sweet and nice. We can try really hard to be. But if you just allow God to do the work in your life, you don't have to pretend. You can just be the real deal. You know, people want to put a mask on and pretend to be somebody that they're not, because maybe they're broken on the inside. They're hurt. They're 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 messed up or maybe they're just angry and bitter and everything else, but they don't want people to see that part of them. So they put the angel face on, but God doesn't want us to wear. And you know what? A lot of times in, in churches, unfortunately they create that culture of where you, you're forced to come in and, and look a certain way and act a certain way and be a certain way. And, and you know what? That's not real and that's not authentic. You just need to be you and you need to just come and you need to say, Lord, I'm a big mess. Help me. Amen. And you need to be with people that that will speak grace to you and speak truth to your life, but that will encourage you to be better and to do better and believe the best of you. Amen. So we need to be those people. We need to believe the best of people. We need to see where where they're going, we, we need to see not where they are now, we need to see what God's made them to be, not what the devil made them to be, amen. And you see, you see people in the altar, we, we don't see broken, messed up people, we see people that have potential, we see people that God's hand is on them, and that God will use them to do great and mighty things if He just has that opportunity in His life. So it's your job to provide that garden. it's your job to lay it out so people can come and be planted and that they can grow and that they can bloom and that they can blossom and they can bring forth those things that God has for them and so that has always only ever been the desire of our heart when we cried out to the Lord and we said please show up in our meetings and touch these people and Lord let them never be the same again. We, We don't care if they don't remember our name as long as they know that they had an encounter with you Father. Please show up and touch them and God showed up and poured out his joy Hallelujah. And some people were shaking and some people were laughing and some people were crying and some people got stuck on the floor and some people couldn't speak in English anymore or whatever language that they spoke and they... And, and you know, people were drunk in the Holy Ghost, which just means you're more aware of the spirit realm than you are of the natural realm. And in the natural, it looked kind of crazy, and people judge it, and they look and they think, well, that's not holy, because, you know, being sad and sour is holy, according to religion, but being j- full of joy is not holy. Well, my Bible tells me in Nehemiah chapter 8 that when they were when they were reading about Feast of Tabernacles, because it was that time of year, and the priests were reading, and the people started crying cause, because they... Really, kind of needed to because they'd been rebellious and, and, and you know, gone against the God and everything. And the enemies defeated them and took them out. And so they were coming back, they were being restored to the Lord. And they began to weep and they said, Stop crying. Today's holy. Go your way. Eat the fat, drink the sweet. Hallelujah. There's the fat again. Go eat the fat. Go eat the good. God is so kind and so loving and so merciful. He doesn't. He he forgives and he blesses and and he sees you flourishing. <laughs> Help. Okay. Okay. Ladies on the side, you have to be fast. Come on. You gotta be ready for anything. All right. (laughs) So he said, stop crying, today's holy. Eat the fat, drink the sweet, give to those who have nothing, share with everybody what you have, hallelujah, and don't be grieved and depressed for the joy of the Lord is your strength, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, you have to give yourself permission to rejoice and be full of joy, hallelujah, in the middle of your circumstance, because the devil's there and your own head's there telling you, you can't be happy, look at what you're going through, well that's the very time you need the joy of the Lord and you need His strength, you need His strength, hallelujah, you need, I, I don't know if we would have managed like we did and come through like we did in victory when our daughter went home to be with the Lord if we hadn't had that touch in our own life of the joy of the Lord. And yes, I, I cried and yes, I got hit with the joy, hallelujah. <clears throat> Not straight away because I looked at it in the natural and I thought oh, they're just extroverted people and that's why they're getting, they of the joy. I never questioned that God wasn't touching them or anything. I knew that he was, but I just looked at it in the natural and thought, oh, they're just extroverted. But then God showed me otherwise, and he showed me he was touching people that were shy and dignified and just like me because that was me before. This me now, that is not me that was. (laughs) This is the evidence of the Spirit of God, His joy, Hallelujah! The fullness of His Holy Spirit doing His work in my life and burning out all the the self-consciousness and caring what people think. Amen, Hallelujah! And so, because I would just weep and weep and weep when the Lord touched me, and then I realized I need this joy, so I started pressing in. I said, Lord, it has to be real. I'm not laughing because everybody else is laughing. It's got to be real. I mean you know, you can pretend, but you, you, you leave empty. And I'd rather cry for six months like I did and then get really hit with the joy than pretend to get hit with the joy and not, you know, walk out with nothing and just all be empty. So, so you know, for me, it has to be real. It has to just, it's got to be real. And so I just kept pressing in and um, I got hit with the joy when I least expected it. I mean, I wanted God to touch me, but I wanted Him not to embarrass me. Make an, I did not want to make an exhibition of myself. I had everything stuffed down so tightly. All those emotions and everything. I was terrified of letting it out because I had no idea what it would look like. I knew it wouldn't be pretty. And I, and I looked at the people rolling on the floor and getting drunk in the Holy Ghost and I thought, if that happened to me, I would be so embarrassed. But you know what? When it did happen to me, I was sitting there and I felt this bubbling out of my belly. And I stopped it because I immediately, head got involved. You don't get it with your head, you get it with your heart. The more you try to figure it out, the harder you try. Uh, You you can't pray for it in the sense of like the works program of praying. You know, (laughs) Isaiah 55 says, come and drink and eat this priceless Spiritual wine and milk without price. Priceless, you can't afford it. That's what priceless means. Simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. So it's about self. saying Lord, I give up. You come do. Lord, I don't know what I need. You know what I need. Come touch me. Come touch me. Come fill me. Come overflow me. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so, here it's bubbling up out of my belly. And... I start immediately trying to, what is this, what's going on, analyze it, figure out, you know, have a part in it. And the Lord just said to me, see, you don't have to have a part in it. You just have to let, let him do what he needs to do. And the Lord had really touched me, I I mean, it was a, I was a work in progress. It was working on those layers of the onion, right? And uh, layer by layer. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, stop thinking about it. Just let me do it. That's when you go yes, sir, and you do as you're told. (laughs) And I'm still sitting there, terrified of making an exhibition of myself in my head, but I had to switch that off, and by faith, I had to just trust Him. I had to just trust Him. And so, I'm like, okay, Lord, and I felt it again, because God, thank God, He's so gracious. He's so gracious, He's so patient, thank you, Jesus because he probably needed a lot of it with me, but thankfully he's overflowing in patience. (laughs) How many of you can say amen with your hands and your feet, but you're not where you used to be, amen. You've come a long way and you're not there yet. You're growing from glory to glory. When you see him, you'll be like him. In the meantime, we're a work in progress and we're not ashamed to be a work in progress, amen. Because we just want, we just want all that he has for us. and so. It, I felt it bubbling and it bubbled out of my belly and I'm laughing loudly making this exhibition of myself I didn't want to. Um, and I'm on the floor and hands and knees and tears running down my nose and I've got the cloths in the back and the Kleenex up the front very undignified. And uh, you know it's just, it is hilarious though right before all this started happening I was thinking to myself I was still very quite young <clears throat> not that I wasn't dignified but for some reason I'm I really felt like, I'm the minister's wife, I need to be dignified. <laughs> and um, and then the joy happened. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Right then, I'm like, oh well. So that went out the window. And, uh, and people told us like in the first few weeks, like, well you don't wanna be known as the laughing evangelist. And we're like, no, we certainly don't because we're not weirdos. And uh, you know, we're, we're word people. We're, you know, we, we're sticklers for the word. We love, we love the Holy Spirit, but we're not, weird, and we're not trying to make something happen, and we're not trying to get attention. We just want to see people saved, healed, and delivered, and we don't want anything to mess with that. And, uh, and so, Pastor Rodney thought he'd just give the Lord a word of advice and ask him, please don't let, you know, do whatever you want to do but no joy. Wow, that didn't go very well, did it? He, that night, he went out, and we were at this Bible school. All these kids had been drunk. They'd been carrying them out, all these... Bible school students, Zion Bible Institute, Rhode Island, and, you know, the, the dean said to him, you don't want to be known as a laughing evangelist, he's like, okay, Lord, do whatever you want, no, no joy. Well, guess what? When the joy left, the anointing left. There's a lot of people, that don't want what the Holy Spirit does, but they still want the Holy Spirit. Well, if you don't want what the Holy Spirit does, you can't have him. In fact, that happened to a pastor. He told us the Holy Spirit told him that. He said, Lord, where did the Holy Spirit go? And he said, well, you didn't, you didn't want what I do, and so I left. Amen. And the Holy Ghost didn't come back in his church until we came and had a revival there and then thank God, God restored all that. But he cried puddles for five years. God, please come back and touch my church. But we have to embrace what the Holy Spirit does if we want him and not be ashamed of him. And it's so sad that so many people are ashamed of him because the Holy Spirit's the one that does the work. The Holy Spirit is the one that works through us. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes ministry easy, not a chore and a a burden. The Holy Spirit is the one that that draws people to Jesus Christ. All we do is we give people the word, and it's the Holy Spirit that draws them. Why wouldn't you want the Holy Spirit in your meeting? I mean, are, are, you, are you crazy? Are you, do, you, do you like working hard? Do you like beating your brains out and not seeing any fruit? No. Don't be silly. I mean, you know, in, in Ephesians 5, 18, where it talks about, don't be drunk on wine, wherein is debauchery or or literally, unsavedness, but be ye being filled with the Holy Ghost. Right before that, it says, be wise. Don't be foolish, but be wise and be sensible. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, the the world's wisdom is foolishness with God. God's wisdom is, is peaceable and pure and holy, hallelujah. God's wisdom is different from man's wisdom. So God's wisdom is get drunk on the Holy Ghost. That's wise, that's sensible, that's the intelligent thing to do. Religion tells you to do what the world does and be all stuck up or be sour and, and bound, amen. But God says be sensible and get drunk on the Holy Ghost. Be sensible and intelligent and get full of the Holy, holy Spirit, amen. Hallelujah, if you don't believe me, go read it for yourself. Hallelujah. And so, my husband felt like Adam when he needed the fig, found, found out he suddenly realized he was naked and he needed the fig leaf, he went hiding under the bushes, and God had to go, where are you? God knew where he was, but he let him tell him, right? God always knows where you are and what you're up to, but he lets you give your account of it, and then he deals with you after that, right? And uh, so, it's either repentance or you're blaming somebody else, and so, obviously, repentance is, is the one we want because that's what's gonna bring the healing and the cleansing and the deliverance, not the blaming everybody else for it, because that's not productive and it's, it's not truthful. And so anyways, and so when um, Rodney's standing there, and he feels like something's wrong because there's zero, anor- last, last meeting, all the anointing was there, now there's no anointing, I feel like I'm naked, maybe you know, make sure my zipper is up and everything else. And um, the Lord said to him, you know, you know, you don't make them laugh, I do, and if you're ashamed of this ministry. I'll take it away and give it to somebody else. Well, he made an attitude correction instantly and repented. Listen, we prayed for a year for, or so for the Lord, please show up and touch people. Now the Lord shows up and touches people. It didn't come in exactly the package you expect, not the people-pleasing package anyways, not the your religious box package anyways, not the well, this is how I thought it would happen situation it was complete, it, it didn't look like, oh, I don't know what it looked like, but it didn't look like, you know, we have these ideas of what revival looks like, and sometimes when God starts touching people, it doesn't look like what we thought it would look like. Well, we, you can't stuff it back in the box. How, how do you refuse when someone brings you a gift, especially a precious, valuable gift that they paid a lot of money for, and you don't want it? I mean, that's what happens when we pray for revival, God shows up, and then we're like, oh no, but we don't like that revival. We want the calm and the dignified revival. We don't want the everything going crazy and people making so much noise you can't preach revival. (laughs) And people getting drunk revival and people on the floor revival that can't speak in English anymore revival. And get on fire and the marriage put back together and their body healed and teenagers on fire for God. God break that rebellious spirit off of them. I mean, that's what the Lord is doing. Why would we stop that? Why would we say no to that? Because of what other people think. And we, re- we realized that when, it, when, the, when the moment Rodney repented, the fire of God fell and the Lord kept touching. And that was a lesson for us to never ever again take the spirit of God for granted, right? Because sometimes you do stuff, you don't really think about it. And then when the Lord, then you think, oh, I can't believe I even said that, I can't believe I even thought that, I'm so sorry, Lord. But we realized people would, would judge it, they would criticize it, and, uh, and we got persecuted and still persecuted, there's garbage, total trash out there on the internet about us. And there's a lot of people that don't even want to meet you and, or even listen to your service or get to know you or find out your story, they're just going to believe the garbage on the internet. Why would you do that? When people tell me something negative about someone else, I try not to prejudge them. I try to meet them for myself and make a decision myself what I think. Amen. I'm not, why should I take your offense and apply it to someone who I've never met and I meet them and I'm already offended? That's, That's stupid. The Bible tells us not to pick up on other people's offenses. Don't get in the middle of other people's mess. So, So we knew that people would be offended and they'd they'd criticize, but you know what? This is so precious. It's so — it's like a precious — it's a precious, delicate little baby, and we have to treat it (laughs) preciously and delicately, because it doesn't belong to us. It belongs to Him, amen. And we've got to treat it as holy, because it's people's lives, amen. It's people's lives, it's their, it's their future, it's their eternity. And so God wants to fill us up to overflowing. He wants to have those rivers of living water bubbling. Even if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you still need that river. You can, you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, but you need to have that river bubbling out of the inside of you so that you can minister to others, so that you can touch their lives, so that you can be a blessing, you can carry it wherever you go. And where you're not brought down by other people's deadness and dryness and depression, but you come and you bring, you bring life. And one of the things, you know, what what a privilege we have, what a blessing to minister in this place with these hungry people, amen. The people from the river and the people from all our extended family, because it doesn't matter what names over your church, we're all the family, the family of the kingdom of God, amen. Hallelujah, where each of us is just the local church in our city, but, but we're all, we're, we're family. There's no, well, we have all the answers and you know, we're saved and the church next door, oh, they're going to hell, you know, like religion does. No, if you love Jesus, if Jesus in your heart, you're born again, you're going to heaven. And you're, you're my, my brother, you're my sister, and I'm gonna see you there, and you're gonna see me there, whether you like to or not, amen. Because God sees the heart, man sees the outward, but God sees the heart. And so it's the heart that matters. The outward, you know, we can fix that. God can fix anything. He can fix hearts, He can fix the in, He can fix the out, He can fix everything. And so God sees you where you're going, not where you are now, and that's how we need to see people, and we need to love people, and we need to get them touched, and get them filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you gotta fight with people to get them touched. They're gonna argue with you, their head's gonna argue, like your own head's gonna, my own head argued with me, but I had to give up and surrender and say, yes, Lord. And every one of us has to say, yes, Lord. I'm going to stop fighting. I'm going to surrender. I, you do whatever you want to do in my life. Maybe there's some things that God's called you to do that he has for you, and you, you're, you're resisting it, and you're fighting it, and you don't want to do it, and you want somebody else to do it. But, you know, if you'll just obey what he's saying on the inside and what you're feeling, then God will bless that. You just you have to obey him. You have to do what he's telling you to do. And there's things even, you know, women's ministry for me that was my, my, my kind of hurdle like to, to do a conference like this and just in women's ministry, it was, it was hard for me to even, I don't know what idea I had of what it, would, what it needed to be, but you see what everybody else does, right? And you think, oh, that's what it needs to be. And I feel like, well, I'm not good at that, so I don't think that would work. Because you think, other oh, ladies want this, they want that. And, and the Lord said to me, no, they just want to be touched. They're, they just need a touch from, from me. Don't worry about all the other stuff. I mean, we have the giveaways, we have the fun stuff, we have the stuff outside on your nails and your hair and everything. But ladies, they just want the—they want the anointing, they want the Holy Spirit, they want to be touched. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the, the outward stuff is fun and it's fun to have them both, but the the main thing is for, for hearts to be touched. And so I I began as just. Just to break that, because you know, the devil's going to come against your mind, whatever he's called you to do, the devil's going to, whatever God's called you to do, the devil's going to try and stop you, and if he can stop you here first, then he's got you. So you have to break through this, all the negatives in your in your head of whatever the Lord is telling you to do, and asking you to do, and you've got to, I mean, you might feel like, I, you know, I... I don't, I can't, I can't see how this is, I can't see how this is going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I I can see where God wants me to be, but I don't know how that I'm going to get there. And so, but what the the Lord will help you with it. Amen. And so what he will do, what I did, I just started sowing into women who had their own ministry and who were traveling or ministers who... Uh, and I just started sowing into them and blessing them, just personally doing that. And I will attach my faith to that seed of, Lord, you're going to show me how to do women's ministry. And you're going to show me how you want me to do it. Not how anybody needs to do it or everybody, but you're going to show me how you want me to do it. And he began to drop things in my heart. And, you know, when the Lord calls you to do things, you have to break through some barriers. You have to, you know, like, and, and just. Accept that God can actually use you, amen, that God can use you, and that the Bible says if we're faithful with little, so whatever you have on the inside of you, if you'll just give that. When you go out of this place, this week is for you to get a touch. Tonight, tomorrow, Saturday, all the meetings you can make it to, this is for you to come and get touched and get, get filled up and get your tank filled up, but when you go out from this place, that the Lord is going to do some things with you, and He's gonna take you to another level, if you will just allow Him, and just be led by His Holy Spirit, and just step out in faith, and, and, and step out into that place, even where your head's afraid to go, but your heart is taking you, just follow your heart, and just do, and so, sometimes you gotta do it scared, but you just gotta obey, And as you obey and you step out, and knowing, I mean, it's actually, I I, I get concerned if I don't have the butterflies, right? If I don't feel a little, because I always wanna have that sensitivity of that awareness of, I need him. I can't can't do this, I can't go out there, I can't do this in my own strength, my own capability, and and my, my own abilities. Lord, I need you, I need your strength, I need your anointing, I need you to show up. I need you. And when we do that, and we say, Rodney would always pray this prayer, Lord, I am nothing and you are everything. And that's not a false humility thing, it's like genuine, Lord, um, I just give my all, I empty myself of me, of whatever I possibly can, and I allow you, I remove all blockages, I let it, so that you can just flow freely through me. And that's why we say, we tell you all the time, that you need to allow God to do the work in you, so that he can do that work through you and use you to be a blessing. And if you'll just trust Him, He can use you way beyond what you can imagine. I I have my pastor here, Lindy, just stand up and wave. Lindy McCauley. (laughs) So, I got saved in her church. She and her husband, my whole family got saved. They baptized us in water, in the Holy Ghost. And she's just very instrumental in my life. And she was bold, and she did all these beautiful ladies ministry, and had all these teas and things and i was like wow and you know and we were pastors on staff for a while and i just really looked up to her and and she was my model and my example right and and carried herself with dignity and 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 was bold and and went for it you know and ministered and and uh and that was a blessing to me and we we i mean they had a revival. They came, they came to uh, Bible school in America and they went back to South Africa. And they thought they would have like 500 people after you know a, a year or so. They had like 500 people in like five months. It exploded. It was like the the like a revival. We got saved in a revival in our in our nation. Every every time you, every Sunday you go back to church, there's like a hundred more people, 200 more people, 300 more people. And people, people were coming hungry Christians, right, from other churches, but also hundreds of people getting saved every Sunday. It, it changed South Africa because all they knew, all we knew was denominational churches, Methodist, Presbyterian, you know, Dutch Reformed. It was like hyper-Calvinist and so, oh my goodness. Just so not open to anything of... The, of, of being born again or the Holy Spirit or anything, like actively fighting against the move of God. So they and so they went through incredible persecution, but they just kept going. And because they allowed the Holy Spirit, they respected and honored the Holy Spirit, and they let the Holy Spirit move in the meetings. That God, that's why we got saved, because they let the Holy Spirit move. They were not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. And so they, 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 the worship was always so anointed. It was so many t- the times that God touched me and blessed me, And God put His arms around me and and I would weep and just feeling God's presence and knowing that God loved me because I thought of God as the judgmental God, but He wrapped His arms around me and He showed me His unconditional love. That was just in the worship. Just as I lifted my hands, a lot of people want God to touch them, but they won't like plug in. You gotta plug in, you gotta lift your hands, you gotta start worshiping Him. And as you do that, he's gonna meet you and come down and wrap his arms around you and, and touch you and clean you out and, and, and make you whole, hallelujah. They, they allowed the Holy Spirit to move and they would always have an altar call. And he would give altar calls like Pastor Rodden, like a vacuum cleaner. I mean, I would be amazed if someone didn't walk up there. You know what I'm saying? I'd take someone to church and if they didn't go up in the altar call, I'd look at them like, What's wrong with you? Why didn't you go up in the altar call? It was that powerful, and um, and people, you know, get filled with the Holy Spirit. Devils would come out. They'd start freaking out and coming out just in the worship. Devils would start coming out, and um, it's good. You know, you want them to, you want them to come out. You just have to tell them, shut up. <laughs> shut up and come out because they're gonna try and you know, draw attention to themselves. But anyways, so that's not a bad thing when they start manifesting. That means they, they, it was, got too hot for them when they gotta get out. It's the ones that hide that you gotta watch, not the ones that manifest. Those are on their way out. And so, and then healings, like miraculous healings, one after the other. And so for me, that's where we start. That's the, bo- that's the bottom line, just Holy Ghost, Altar calls, fire of God, people getting saved, people getting healed, and then we just go up from there. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the devil devil cannot steal from you unless you—he can't stop you from getting saved, but he can try and put you in some religious box. So don't let the devil put you in a religious box of what you think other people expect or even what they do expect. There's so many pastors, they let people in their church put them in a religious box. They let the attitudes of the people in their church and the criticisms of the people in the church shape what they do. Do not let some devil, carnal-minded person tell you how to run your church, what you should preach on and not preach on, how many hours your service should be, what your worship should look like. Why you let some devil, some Carnal person, some fleshly person, come and speak garbage, we speak the devil's words into your life and tell you how to do things. She said, I love you, but don't let the Lord hit you, where the good Lord split you. And pastors, whoever you accommodate is who you're gonna have. So if you accommodate the, the lukewarm, if you accommodate the grumpy, if you accommodate the gossipers and the complainers, that is who you're gonna have in your church. So you need to not accommodate those spirits. You need to not accommodate those people. You need to, you don't have to be nasty to them. You don't have to be mean, but you just need to keep the, the, the meetings alive and full of the Holy Ghost and over the top Holy Ghost. And you know what, they're either gonna change or they're going to, going to leave. And that's their choice. You can't cry over everybody who leaves your church because God will replace them with 10 more hungry people. Every grumpy person that leaves, God will replace it with 10 more hungry people, amen. And so love people, but you can't control them. Remember, you're responsible for yourself. You're responsible to them. You can't control them. If they wanna be grumpy, let them go. And let them go find a grumpy religious church. There are plenty of grumpy religious churches in your town, I am sure. And they can go find some people that they're comfortable with, but normally those people are gonna hop anyway from church to church to church. They're never happy with any church, with any pastor, with any setup because the problem is on the inside of themselves. And you can't do anything with people who are grumpy and battling with their own things on the inside of them. They're miserable and they're trying to blame everybody else instead of stopping and allowing the Lord to touch those areas of their life. Heather, she had her birthday today. Today was her 10th anniversary of God setting her completely free, as well. <laughs> Hallelujah! And she comes out of. Don't even want to go in the whole thing, but trauma and and in the military, just horrendous, just you know, terrible things that happened to her. And uh, but she, the one thing about her, I mean, her, I mean, she should be a mess, but she's not a mess. She's a miracle. All the, she went through some very hard things, but the good thing about her, because we, 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 had, we had another redhead that worked for us, bless her heart, precious girl. But it's like she would embrace the meetings, love the meetings, but at the moment God got to the thing that was the real issue, she was whoops, out of there. She would never let the Lord come and deal with, she'd let the Lord touch like every area of her life, but this, the one thing, whatever it was in her life, she wouldn't let go, she wouldn't let God go there, she wouldn't let God touch that thing Amen? It's like, I always use this analogy of a house. We have a house, we have like the clean areas, right? We try and get clean. The living room, maybe the dining room, the kitchen a little bit. But the kids' room, keep that door closed. And that closet where we just shove things, so that maybe the attic or the basement, you know, you don't want any... You know, some people have immaculate, perfect houses. They have nothing else to do. I don't know. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Well, they have a maid. But, but most of us have a place we just sort of shove things that I'll get to that later, right? So we're not going to take people on the tour of that room of the house or that, that we're not going to open that closet, and let everything fall out. <laughs> we, or the kid's room, just oh, keep shove everything under the bed, whatever, you know, with all the dust bunnies. So our, our life is like that. Our heart house is like that too. You know, we try and invite Lord, the Lord only in like the nice areas, um, but we don't want Him to go touch the touchy areas, the hurt, the anger, the unforgiveness, the, the deep betrayals that we've had in our life and all that stuff that we're holding on to and trying to act like it's, you know, everything's fine. Meantime, it's chewing us up on the inside. And, but what Jesus does when he comes to your house, he comes straight in and he's like, he goes straight to that messy closet. He goes straight to that trunk. He goes straight to that attic, to that basement. And he's like, hey, I'm gonna help you clean this mess out. And you're like, no, I just, there's too much. I, I can't, just, I don't think I can go through that. It's like too much to deal with. Oh, it's too, too emotional, too whatever. And he's like, listen, just trust me. And, and she, she didn't have a breakthrough initially because, well well, let me just say, the Lord just did so much in her life, and she was such a she was our personal project, and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she's, "I'm not getting married, I'm not having children. Well, she's married, she's got three kids, and she's in ministry. Isn't that awesome? Anyway. <laughs> and um, and so, so the one thing about it, I mean, she would stomp her foot in my husband, anyways. He, he put up with that because. Well anyways, um, I, yeah, because we could see the hand of God on her life and we could see the wrestling match that was going on in her head from her past, from everything that, from the trauma that had happened to her. And, but when she said, when she surrendered, because she was afraid that it was gonna hurt too much to, to actually face those things and deal with them. And, but when she just surrendered and she gave it to the Lord, I mean, she said, I mean, she was screaming and yelling on the floor and carrying on. She said, I know it sounded loud, but I had such peace. And for weeks after that, she would tell me, do you know how free I feel? Did I tell you how free I am? Did I tell you how I feel? I feel so free. I I feel so different. I feel so free. And there's many here that you've come from a big mess like she did, but because you've allowed the Lord to do that work in your life, you're, you're the work in progress, but you've changed and, and you're, you're redeemed, and you don't have that smell of smoke on you, and you're a blessing, and you're blessing others, and you're doing things you never saw yourself do. You never saw yourself up preaching, and you're preaching, and you're ministering. Amen. That was me, I never saw my, the, the last thing I wanted to do was be a public speaker. The last thing, my least favorite thing, in the whole world, and hello. so. It doesn't have to be, you know, there's things that come naturally that the Lord will use for His purpose. But there's things that, you know, you don't even, you, that you fight. But it's the very thing that, that God is going to do in you and through you and use you to do. And He gets all the glory because you have to acknowledge, I know that this is not me. The might of my hand didn't do this and my abilities. It was, it was the Lord And all it is, is just, you just have to surrender. You just have to surrender to him and he can do great and mighty things in you. So it starts, so we have to first work on ourselves, get that touch, let the Lord touch us. Right, woman? A lot of times we're always trying to meet everybody else's need and we don't always take care of ourselves. But in the spiritual area, you need to take care of yourself. You need to make an appointment with a touch of God. (laughs) You you need to make an appointment with an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And you need to press in until you get what you know that you need. Amen. And again, like I've shared with you before, your prayer needs to be, Lord, you know what I need more than I know. Because we have a list, you know, but sometimes the thing, the very thing that God needs to do in our life is the thing we haven't even thought about. And so the Holy Spirit will open it up to you. And you say, Lord, you come and you do what you need to do in me because you know what I need, and you let Him do that. And if it takes a week or a month or six months, it doesn't matter. I mean, hey, it took me six months to get hit with the fire of God of the joy. I mean, I got hit with the fire and, and, and the Lord was touching me and all those other times He touched me felt like He was cleaning me out. But when I got hit with the joy, it was that oil of joy. And I felt like He was filling me up. And I felt such a freedom and a liberty like I did when I first got saved. I felt like to another level. I felt so free. And the Lord said to me, you can live like this. You can live like this. You can live in this peace. You can live in this joy. Because how many of you know sometimes we can be a workaholic and we have a hard time switching our brain off, right? Because everything's in the bucket, all at the, the one big bucket. And we have a hard time just actually even relaxing or having a vacation or taking a day off because we thinking, oh, the things you still have to do. And so I had to learn just to give that all over to the Lord and just live in the peace and the joy and not live out of my head, but live out of my spirit. So that's what this is all about. It's about learning to live out of your spirit, not listening to your, what your head tells you, but live, listening to what's in here listening to what the Holy Spirit is telling you, and He will lead you every day in the big things and the small things with your husband, with your children, with your business, with your ministry, with everything that you do. Let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you. Plug in. Turn your, your spiritual ears on. Switch your head off. The, the washing of the water of the Word, the renew of the mind. Just get, get, get one of those Bible app tapes and just play the Bible and just let it play and play and play and play and play and play and play. Just let it play. Sometimes you may need to lay hands on your head and go, I cast down every main imagination, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I bring it to captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ Jesus and tell your head to be quiet and listen to what the Holy Ghost on the inside of you, and even your own spirit on the inside of you is telling you, follow that inner voice, follow him. He will never lead you wrong. He will never lead you astray. Follow him and you will, be, you will flourish. Follow him and you will prosper. Follow him and you will, you will be a blessing in motion You will be a blessing going somewhere to happen. You won't be a disaster going somewhere to happen. You will be a blessing going somewhere to happen on somebody and somebody's gonna get blessed because you are a blessing and you are carrying that oasis on the inside of you. Amen, hallelujah. I bless you in the name of Jesus.